My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the Creator Economy Show that's about careers, not celebrity. Right. So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creative economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. I'm Nick Westergaard, and this is On Brand, helping you tell your story. My guest this week is Matt Williams. As brand people, we watch the behavior of brands every day, and and we are strongly of the mind that what brands do is far more powerful than what they say. And we like calling out brands whose behavior and whose messages are are consonant, are, are working together. And we also, unfortunately, found some brands whose whose behavior and and you know what they say they are and what they do may not match up exactly. Matt Williams is chief growth officer for Brand Federation, a brand strategy consultancy in Richmond, Virginia. Prior to joining Brand Federation in 2019, Williams was CEO of the Martin Agency, one of the world's most recognized advertising agencies, where he managed strategy development for world-class brands like Geico, Oreo, UPS, Discover Financial, Walmart, and more. Williams also is a clinical professor in the marketing department at Mason School of Business at William & Mary. He teaches in the MBA program and is the developer and faculty director of the school's online masters in marketing. Matt, welcome to On Brand. Thanks, Nick. Great to be here. Well, I would be excited to chat with you any time of year, but especially at this, which which some would, would refer to musically as the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, yes. But uh, what got my attention is that you've put out a naughty and nice list for brands in in 2021. So uh, talk a bit about where where this unique idea came from. Well, it, it's it's funny, Nick. It is definitely the most wonderful time of the year. So as, <laughs> as uh, me and my partner, Kelly O'Keefe, who's the founder of Brand Federation, we're, we're sitting talking about like, well, what should we do to commemorate this time of year? We, we came up with the maybe obvious idea of creating a naughty and nice list because, you know, 
as brand people, we watch the behavior of brands every day. And, and we are strongly of the mind that what brands do is far more powerful than what they say. Um, and we like calling out brands whose behavior and whose messages are, are consonant, are, are working together. And we also, unfortunately, found some brands whose, whose behavior and, and you know, what they say they are and what they do may not match up exactly. And that's the primary determinant for which list uh, certain brands end up on. But it was, it was a fun exercise to look back on the year. Yeah. So where where did you start with this undertaking? Did you scan the news? Did you look at look at brands? What what went into the work of uh, of of analyzing Nadia Nice for for the brand yeah, Santas that you and Kelly uh, decided to become? Exactly. Yes, we are the self anointed Santas of the brand world. But um, we. So there's two sides to it, I think, Nick. One is there are brands that are just always in the news that are always top of mind, like the Facebooks and the Elon Musks and the Teslas of the world. And 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 I think it, it makes sense for us to sort of comment on where we think they, they stand in the world on the naughty or nice continuum. But but we did go back, or I'll speak for myself, I did go back and you know, spent a whole bunch of time online and looking through through old old news reports from brands that that might have done things, you know, eight months ago, nine months ago that have, that had slipped through our um, slipped through our memory that that you remind yourself of. Oh yeah, I remember when that happened. That was awesome. Or oh yeah, I remember when that happened. That was pretty naughty. So it was actually kind of a fun retrospective view of the of the year that we take in the research process too. All right. Well, let's uh, let's 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 get into the list a little bit. And I, I suppose, as the phrase is "naughty and nice list," I, I guess I guess one starts with uh, with naughty. And uh, right there at, at the top of the the naughty or nice list, we have Chevron. So yes, uh, talk talk to us about Chevron. So uh, Chevron, Chevron hit the news, um, you know, a, a few months ago because of the, the the very clear example that we think they provide of the dangers of of greenwashing. And you know, we're we're seeing more and more things in the news that are proving to us that the that the planet is in crisis and that 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 companies bear a big burden. Uh, to make sure that their operations are part of the solution and not part of the problem. But in the process of that, there are certain companies that, that stand out as unfortunate avatars of, of, of greenwashing, of using weasel language to describe what they think they're doing to, to, make, the, to, to make the planet a safer place. And when, when what they say they're doing um, – <laughs> starts to raise some red flags is when you start to see language like reducing carbon intensity of your operations or putting us on a road to renewable fuel. And then you think, okay, wait a minute, what is Chevron actually doing? And when you dig a little deeper, unfortunately, what you find to my earlier point is that their, their nice language that's designed to make me feel okay about them in light of, of climate change is really veiling kind of some behavior that's that's different from that. So you say we're reducing the carbon intensity of operations. Well, they're spending 0.2% of their total capital expenditures on lower carbon energy sources. And they're actually planning over the next decade to to emit more carbon dioxide or, or projecting that they will emit more carbon dioxide than they admit right now. So we call them out on the naughty list because they 
they felt like uh, a brand who is using some of this 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 kind of weaselly language to get around accountability for doing what they need to do to be part of the solution to the to the crisis that the, that the planet is in. So that kind of classic mismatch of, of what you said of words and actions probably compounded on by I love that you brought up the the weasel words, the weasel language uh, that that is is like you said designed to to obfuscate so some some yeah. some classical uh naughty behavior I, I you know I always think about joking <laughs> with kids uh, quasi uh, threatening. Uh, of what will get you on the naughty list, but for marketers, that's that's a pretty classic, uh, you know, right up there with you know, disobeying your parents or or other things like that. But but for marketers, it it it's that that disconnect, and that's a pretty pretty obvious uh, example, pretty big example too. Yeah, I, I think we have to acknowledge, Nick, that that our our words have power, and, and that that we're in the business of changing the way people think and changing the way they behave by using our, our words to do that. And we have a responsibility to use the talent that we have in, in a way that is, that's number one, honest, that's true. And that is, that is good for the, for the commonwealth of the world. And I, I think when we fall, when we run afoul of that, um, we deserve to get called out. So speaking of of getting called out, someone that uh, was was called out this year is that's also on on the naughty list is Subway. So uh, yeah, uh, let's let's talk about uh, sub what Subway is or, or or what Subway is not. At least their sandwiches. What is which not may- <laughs> is what, exactly that's what got them on the naughty list, Nick. Is that what they are not? So an independent lab have found that there is no amplifiable tuna DNA in the Subway tuna sandwich. (laughs) Let that sit with you for a second, right? On top of that, an Irish court ruled that Subway's bread has such a high sugar content that it's actually technically not bread. It's confectionery. So, <laughs> so now marketing is not just the words we use, it's the behavior that we display, right? It's the decisions we make in terms of product development and, and, and how, we, how we build the things we sell. And the idea of a brand selling a tuna sandwich that has no tuna DNA in it and bread that is so bastardized that it's not classified as bread, I think that's uh, – I think that's that deserves a spot on the naughty list, the product development naughty list for the year. Yeah, when you uh, when you are defying the classification of something as as simple as a sandwich, uh, something something is is awry, uh, not right, but <laughs> for per- sure, perhaps we, not we rye bread. We thought, you know, yeah, we laughed because we thought, well, maybe maybe we can put Subway bread in our kids' stocking this year instead of the candy because it seems to be the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, for all those that have uh, have have woken up on on Christmas morning to a stocking full of Subway cookie bread, uh, in, enjoy. <laughs> so leave a plate for Santa. <laughs> you know, they, they that I guess that would be how you could lean into it. But uh, oh boy, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, now we've we've been making some jokes, but but. Uh, 
what you have as a more serious example, even so much so that you you flag it as the naughtiest on the list, is is Facebook. So let's let's talk about Facebook, Meta, all of the above. Yeah, I I I think, and, and you're right. We have been joking, and this is I don't think this is joking. I, I think what Facebook has has continually done to land itself on the naughty list is that they have they've they've felt like they've misrepresented what they know to be true about their service about their product. They have they've gone down this road of 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 rebranding to Meta, which you know who knows what the what the the deep thinking behind that is, but I'm not sure it's going to obscure. Uh, or change the conversation that that we're having, even though maybe that's the motivation behind it. I can't speak to the motivation, um, but I think there is there is so much obviously wrong with the way Facebook works in our society. Some of which is a reflection of Facebook's corporate policies, and some of which is a reflection, unfortunately, of of us as human beings. But in either case. It's it's incumbent on Facebook to face up to that and to make the decisions they need to make to have their product be more than just an amplifier of the worst of humanity, um, to to be more than a platform for misinformation, to be to 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 be different than than what it is. And at every turn, when they've had the opportunity to do that, they seem to have gone the other way. Uh, and and for that, we think they are among the naughtiest of the naughty. Well, and to kind of highlight that lesson too that that you just noted as long as we're we're because i think what's behind a lot of this are are things that we need to remember you know with the simple construct of naughty and nice it it can be guide guideposts for behavior and what you you just said there every chance they've had to do something and it's again back to our actions and our words and they're like a, a twisted if this then that choose your own adventure. If there was a a way to choose the not so great option every time, they they seem pretty pretty hell bent on on continuing to do so. They really do, and I, I think the point you just made is the crux of of everything we believe about brands at Brand Federation, and that is that that. Brands need to represent a set of values. They need to be positioned in a way that makes clear to the world what they're about, what they care about, what, what role they play in the world. But then they need to behave that way. Then they need to they need to put their money where their mouth is. And that behavior is way more powerful than any ad they're ever going to run. And when I see brands, when we, when we see brands behaving in a way that is antithetical to what they say they are, and in unfortunately too often in Facebook's case, is against the best interests of the commonwealth, then that's not okay. Something's wrong here. Some, something Somewhere along the way, the priorities of the people at these companies who are making decisions has have been co-opted by interests that are not in the best interests of the, the people that they purport to serve. And, and that's not okay. That's not what brands should be about. On Brand, we'll be right back after this. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. 
I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the Creator Economy Show that's about careers, not celebrity. Right. So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creative economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. Now back to the show. Okay, so as we segue from naughty to nice, kind of a a perfect segue, I think, that you've built into the list but is an an interesting uh, bit of contrast, is uh, on the the naughty list, you have Elon Musk. Uh, On the nice list, we have Tesla. So uh, talk about the, uh, the, the Musk tesla dichotomy here as as related to the naughty and nice list it's so interesting isn't it the more we thought about it <laughs> the more it occurred to us that, that clearly somebody like elon musk can be an absolute genius right this guy is an off the charts genius I, I don't think anybody would argue with that um Elon Musk has become a brand unto himself, as as many celebrities do, um, and as some would argue, we all are. But he is a very prominent brand, obviously. And and I I think unlike Tesla, the company that he founded and has built into one of the most valuable companies on earth, Elon's behavior has not really been worthy of that of a of a of a genius technologist who built a valuable company. He feels more like a like an angry thirteen year old. Than, than that. And the idea of him, you know, using the platform that he has on Twitter to pick fights most recently with, you know, Elizabeth Warren. Now that may be good for both of them. My sense is both of them probably <laughs> like that because <laughs> yeah. um, it gives them the stage that they want. But, uh, you know, malip- manipulating cryptocurrency and coming out with, with all kinds of crazy takes on the world uh, on Twitter, it makes me think, man, this guy, this guy has done so much good uh, in terms of, of Tesla, which we can talk about, but his personal brand, to my mind, um, is pretty naughty and is is suffering from from what seems to be kind of a, a perpetual state of juvenile crankiness. <laughs> uh, and but then you've got almost uh, like the the old saying of uh, you know success in in spite of because uh, in looking at you know, Facebook's a great, a great parallel or contrast because there you have a, a, a naughty company, and I, I guess I would argue, even though it's it's not on on your list as such, you've got a, some 
some naughty leadership there and in, in the the Mark Zuckerberg side of things. But yet with Elon Musk, I, I think you've drawn a, a unique contrast between the naughtiness of of the of the leadership of the founder, uh, but also on on Tesla's side that you can have a, a nice brand. It seems like it's maybe not something that's that's common, but it's certainly interesting. So how did how does Tesla? Uh, get beyond that and make its way to the nice list. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple things going on here, uh, Nick. One, one is that that Elon's genius as manifested by Tesla is uh, to me unbe- it's unbelievably interesting, right? So the experience that Tesla has built, the design that they've built into their cars, the buying and owning experience that they've created has has been is an amazing example of what can happen when a company has uh, the vision that they've had to look at all the point proof, all the all the pain points that live along the continuum of the experience people have with with auto purchasing and ownership, and say we're going to fix all those things, and in the process we're also going to design and engineer a car that is 100% electric and can put us on the on the road to sustainable energy. That's pretty amazing. And by the way, driving these things is an unbelievable experience. I am I'm a I'm a proud Tesla owner and it is an amazing car. So the experience you have with Tesla in all those ways leads it to it it's delivering all the promise of that brand. Now I'll say since the naughty and nice list came out a couple of weeks ago, there have been some very you know, unsettling stories about some of the culture that's growing up in Tesla at the at the manufacturing plants, and those shouldn't be ignored, and those are problems. Um, so it brings up an interesting conversation about how the, the the technical and experiential genius of a founder can also maybe come together with some cultural issues that that are not okay uh, that seem to be going on at, at Tesla's manufacturing facilities. And I think, I think we have to wait for more information to come out on that, but that's uh, concerning for sure. But as, as a brand that's building a product and an experience based on a promise, the product and the experience that Tesla builds delivers in spades on the promise of a new way of experiencing a car, a new way of driving a car, buying a car, shopping for a car, owning a car. I mean, it's really remarkable. That is is interesting to to think about and and to really examine too. That's why I love this list. Now, further on to the nice side of things, you know, to some it might not come as a huge shock. Patagonia's right here on the list. And and while I might, you know, be inclined to skip over that, I'm always interested when someone is known to be the best at, at, at whatever. And, and when it comes to being a, a good actor, Patagonia is usually uh, on the list. Uh, but in making this list, what, what put them there for you? I mean, any, any new list, I'm always curious as to, to what goes into that. Yeah, I, Patagonia, I think, Nick, is an amazing example of a company who says, this is what we care about. This is what's important to us as an organization. And we're going to make every decision we can make with that at the highest point of priority. It's not shareholder value. It's not making money. It's not increasing my in- increasing my revenue year over year by X percent to please the street. It's doing things that continually reinforce to our people and the world around us that this is what's important to us. 
And Patagonia puts the health and safety of the planet on top of everything. And they're going to make decisions, continually making decisions that may not be great for their short-term bottom line, but are really representative of their commitment to the planet. So if we, if we, if we kind of zoom out um, on the things that we think help brands earn a spot on the nice list, it's having a clear set of values, a clear set of priorities, and living and behaving in a way that's consistent with those priorities. And it's hard to find a better example than Patagonia of a brand who does exactly that. That's, that's great. And, and a good, once again, examination of, of the kind of why behind this. So uh, another surprising entry on, on the, or a more surprising entry on, on the nice list uh, is, is Uber and Lyft. So, so talk a bit about how these companies uh, that have sometimes had some, I would say, there may have been years where they might have been uh, Uber, at least on on another on on the the naughty side of it. But they're they're both over there on 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 the nice side. Yep, and, and you're absolutely right. Uber would have been right at the top of the naughty <laughs> list not terribly long ago, for all the reasons that we know. Um, but we would go back to this theme of brands that behave in a way that tell the world what they care about. Uber and Lyft did amazing things around the controversy in Texas, where you know Texas passed some very restrictive abortion laws, and and Uber and Lyft both came out and said that they would pay their customers, uh, pay for their customers to drive to abortion clinics, and that they would pay their drivers legal fees if they ended up getting sued. So. You can, you, you can, I, I don't want the naughty or nice list to be a political statement because it's not meant to be. So, no matter where you stand on abortion, if you go back to that theme of brands that are behaving in a way that says to the world, this is what I care about and this is what's important to me, so I'm going to behave in this way. And the consequences of behaving in this way may not be a short term benefit to my bottom line, uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uber and Lyft did it. And, and, and we give them credit for that. We give them credit, and they end up on the nice list for what that's worth. It's interesting the the uh, political statement uh, that you note because it, it is interesting when when you scan these, and not that that alone is the compass, but it does seem like a lot of these are associated with values, actions. And and I think that we sometimes are quick to dismiss. Oh, that's a political thing. Nobody nobody wants that from from us from a brand. But but even on it, it does seem like there's a consistent theme of of standing for something about. Well, I guess what you said about Patagonia and probably why they're the e- easiest ones to track consistently. Through all of this, that would be an interesting thing to look at longitudinally is how, you know, who 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 stays on a list uh, over time, because they would obviously be there. But it does seem like there's some some consistency to beliefs, values, actions on the list. Would you agree? I would hundred percent agree. I, I, I think you've put your finger on it. I think the idea that the idea that brands can live or die simply on the delivery of a functional benefit um, is I, I think those days are, you know, for better or worse, those days are largely gone. 
And, and all the research that we see tells us that, that people are looking for brands to deliver certain functional benefits, of course. But on top of that, people are also wanting to know that the brands that they do business with represent a set of values that are consistent with their own. And they're asking brands harder questions than they ever have. So not only are they asking brands, what's the functional benefit of your product? They're also asking brands, where do you stand on things that are important in the world to me? And I want to I want to work with companies and give my hard earned money to companies who check both boxes, who make good things that work the way they're supposed to work, but also whose whose company stands for things that I think are important and is not afraid to put their money where their mouth is when it comes to those beliefs. So it's it's what you see with Nike and Colin Kaepernick. And, and you know, obviously they took they 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 took something of a hit when people are posting videos of people burning their sneakers because they didn't agree with that stand. But I think there's, there were, there were people in the world who said, you know, I, I know you make good sneakers and, and, and shoes are great and shoes are important, but I want to wear Nikes now because Nike is a brand that believes in something that I believe in. If you came down on that side of the Colin Kaepernick controversy. Um, so I, I think a lot of these are examples of, of brands who check both boxes, who make things that are good things, but who also behave in a way that makes it clear to me as their consumer or their prospect what they care about in the world. I think that's important now. Yeah, we're not. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, look, Patagonia, it's a, it's a great jacket, but I feel like that's that's not the conversation we're having about this brand and why they mean so much to people. It's it's everything yep. that you just said. Well, Matt, I yeah, and and you know we can we oh, can argue ahead. all day about whether the jacket is good or not, but but when I wear a Patagonia jacket, I say to the world, I am identified with yep. this brand, and when I can identify with its values, it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Matt, I've given you maybe one of the hardest jobs of of any guest because it's it's a hard enough job when anyone comes on the show and I I get my one gotcha question of what's a brand that's made you smile recently and you've walked us through uh, a handful of brands just now and, and really a variety of smiles. I always joke when someone says Is it a good smile, a bad smile. And with the naughty or nice list, I feel like we've had some naughty tisk tisk smi- uh, smiles at, at the expense of of brands like Subway. We've had some some happy smiles uh, as well for some of the great things being done. Have I left you with any smiles that you can share with us uh, beyond the brands that we've just hit? <laughs> so many smiles, Nick. So many smiles. There's not enough time left in your podcast for all the <laughs> smiles that are out there. But the one, the one that I will go back to is one that I know well. And I will shout out to my friends at Geico and my friends at the Martin Agency who have made me smile for 29 or 30 years. Um, and they're doing it as well as they've ever done it. If you look at things like, you know, Scoop, there it is. And the, and the, the, the cultural juggernaut that that idea has become. Geico has, Geico has been a brand that has made me smile for decades, and they're 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 continuing their they're continuing their run. So I have to call them out. Awesome, that is a, a great smile, and definitely, definitely worth calling out. Matt, where can folks go to learn more about who you are and what you do? You can check us out, Nick, at brandfederation.com. 
we are a, a marketing and branding consulting company, uh, working with clients all over the country. Um, and uh, that's our web address, brandfederation.com. Awesome. And we'll link up to that in our show notes at onbrandpodcast.com. Matt, thanks for being on brand with us. Thanks, Nick. It's been a pleasure. And if you like what you're hearing, if we've made you smile, if you think the On Brand Podcast is hopefully not naughty, but maybe nice, remember you can always listen free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. Until next week, I'm Nick Westergaard, and I'll see you on the internet. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? T. Adeola hosts a great podcast called Tiny Giants. T, tell us what these fine folks will get out of listening. We are the Creator Economy Show that's about careers, not celebrity right? So who should listen to this show are the parents of young people who want to know more about the creative economy and why that's a career path for their children or the young people themselves. Amazing. Where can the young people or the parents subscribe? You can find us at tinygiants.tech or wherever you get these podcasts, these fine podcasts. And you can also find us at the Marketing Podcast Network, which is marketingpodcast.net. You heard him. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.